So you can't say that out loud, though, what you just told us. No. No. I'm saying about your exciting news. Oh. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Well, never mind. JK. Internet. <laughs> Let's do an intro. You want to do it or me? You. Bros and hoes, you're listening to your favorite thing podcast with... Wells and Brandy. Can we just really quick talk about how they tried to flip your it? mom totally tried to change the name of the show? Do you like how I went to bat for us? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't really Brandy care either. Well, it does not sound as good. I know. I wonder why they thought that. I don't know. Whatever. Ben Higgins is here. Ben's back. I'm back. I just like coming in and talking to y'all, honestly. Honestly, your last podcast, we had rave, rave reviews on. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah people love you. You well, want to know why geez, I think people sorry. really... <laughs> Yes, we'll give you, a you are sound. your favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know why I think people liked you on our podcast is because you finally talked about like normal human things instead of like really deep conversations, which you do like every time I see you, you like look me in the eyes and you're like, let's really get into this shit, Wells. <laughs> and I'm always like, oh my God, I'm not, I don't know does if I that, can do this. Is that not fun? I always just feel like I'm like, I got I to gotta, like have like rehearsed answers for you. But oh. when but when you came on the show, I don't like that I I put off that vibe. You don't have to have any. I don't want you rehearsed. I just want to know you. Like I want to know you. I know. But I res- here's the thing. I respect you a lot, and I want you to like me. So I want the answers to be correct. Oh, I like you already. No matter what your answers were, like I I feel like Wells, you'd come to me with some of the worst news, like information, like you've committed the worst sin, and I would be like. All right, let's let's do it. Like how? Like why? First off, okay. Hold on. First of all, I haven't committed a bad sin. Thank God. Have I done this? Have I come to you? And no, I said I, I think like we're at this place. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, you got my back. Like yeah. Like I like you. Pro- like no matter what. I know. Aw, that's cute. You, you guys love you, each other. You went to wherever Belize uh, with him. Honduras. Honduras. Wow. He pays so much attention. He cares. I mean, <laughs> you went there. I did. Did you experience this? Like this? Like deep look into your soul mm. Ben thing? Well, Ben, like, he turns it on, though. So, like, it's, like, one minute he's, like, sitting next to you on the bus, like, yeah. laughing and joking and having oh, fun. And then, the next, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the next he's, like, standing up in front of everybody giving a speech that you would think he'd rehearsed for days, but it just, like, comes out of his mouth. He just, like, just happens. All right, like so switch. I don't leave here insecure or yeah. questioning no, myself. These are all... Like, what are we saying? Okay, so the, so the reason why I was saying this was because I think the reason why people love that podcast yeah. is because... You let your guard down. You We talked about manscaping yeah. for like 35 minutes, which I don't think people are used to hearing come out of your mouth, like stuff like uh, that, yeah. but they're used to hearing it come out of my mouth all the time. Yeah. And so I think why people liked it is because it was like, oh, I think we're getting like a real honest oh yeah conversation with Fair ben enough. and i think that's why people liked it i've been asked a lot about like that podcast because of the little nuggets that we we threw out there people still bring it up to I me in passing it kind of matters what environment i'm in yeah honestly if i'm in an environment like your podcast where i know it's somewhat a safe place like i know <laughs> that it's acceptable for me to be like to be just like very open yeah mm-hmm. and that people are listening because they enjoy the openness mm-hmm. then i'll do it like if we're on like my podcast you feel pressure because i know people don't really care about what i'm doing they really want to just hear the bachelor recap yeah like or if i'm you know so there's like diff- different stage or if i'm just around my friends we can have deep conversations but at some point when you talk to somebody every day like they pretty much know where you're at or at least you'd hope they would yeah so yeah. it kind of like transitions and then as you said like the trip to honduras it's really important for me on those trips going in you're playing a role 
playing a role and saying, Hey, extent. we have a like a vision and a mission that like I work in every day. Like I work like for generous that directly affects Honduras. And so I know this mission, I know this vision, mm-hmm. but when I have a captive audience for five days, like I want to make sure that like everybody on that trip knows the mission and knows the vision. So you can choose, do I want to be involved or do I not? And that's the question and not the question isn't well, what exactly is happening down here. So there is that level of, I want to portray and put on that. I know what I'm talking about because I mean, I hope I would. Yeah, you're the guy in charge. Yeah. Mm. You're supposed to be knowing what you're talking about. Yeah, you'd hope so. So so anyways, I guess my point is there's like little, pl- like there's different places for different seasons, but yeah. I hope I don't change the core of who I am. I just think it's the the way you behave mm-hmm. in certain certain environments. Is that, mm-hmm. is that, is that yeah. normal? Abnormal? Is that respectable? Or is that where we say, oh, he just isn't himself all the time? No, 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 no. no, no. no. I don't think that's what I was saying at all. You definitely have to play to your audience, right? Yeah. And the audience of this show is like people who want to hear slapstick, stupid yeah. humor, yeah. Yeah. right? And I'm sure the people that listen to like Almost Famous, they want to hear like Bachelor re- recaps and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think what, what I'm saying is I think we'll love that one thing is because people are so used to seeing you as to playing to one audience, right? Yeah. yeah. Either the people that are watching The Bachelor or people are listening to your podcast. That's that one thing. And I think here's the thing. You're beloved universally. But I think the reason why, like, I love you is a lot different than like why the rest of the world loves you because I know you differently I think than a lot of other people do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why people like that one podcast cuz they got to see the side that the like, Wells knows. That, yeah, and Brandy yeah. knows, you yeah. know? Fair. So anyways, I really appreciate it. Yeah, that it's the nights it's like the nights that most people wouldn't ever be able to be involved in where like we can drink and sit and talk life yeah. mm-hmm. and hang out and like not talk life at a deep level just like hang out together and and share those moments that people don't usually get with anybody yeah right you know no matter it, you know your closest friends sometimes you don't even get those moments yeah i have one big regret from my time on the bachelor yeah is i wish i would have done that more mm. but i have this weird fear that if i really let myself out which you both have been around and seen so like, I, I know you've seen it and you've still asked me to come hang out with you. So, like, that's a good that makes me feel comfortable coming in here today. Yeah. But there was this, like, fear back then and an insecurity where it was like, if I really let myself out, these women won't like me as much as they think they do. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they'll see the true, like, weird guy that is just like everybody else. Like, The Bachelor to me was like, all right, I got to put on a front. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just lasted. And yeah. so it was, it was, I was very conserved. Mm-hmm. But, reserved, I guess. But I feel like this is probably refreshing for people to hear because I think this is a universal human trait to feel that way. I think anyone could relate to the, what you just said. Yeah. I mean, I do for sure. I feel like people definitely have like an idea of who I am, mm-hmm. and it's like if you, you know, it's if you let them in surface level, they're gonna kind of believe that idea. But then it's like, well, if I show who I like, show my true colors, like who I really am, like deep down, like are they still gonna think I'm like the cool Cyrus? kid you know what i mean like i don't know i feel like anybody could relate to that but back to what you did on the bachelor that's a total false advertisement the thing that they were buying wasn't what you were selling i mean selling a shell of it i wouldn't call it false advertising i feel like it was like it was like part of the package like because that is you to an extent it was like it's me as a it's me in a lot of the situations that i need to be serious in so the bachelor was me being serious i guess it's just not full picture it's not full picture i don't know if you have the opportunity to show the full picture Mm -hmm. during that whole thing but for me, it was like what you saw there was what would happen if like my wife came home from work or a job and was like, I'm super hurt. I'm sad. We got to talk. I need somebody there for me. That's yeah, that was the person on the show. It's just a little more serious. But I wish I would have lightened it up a bit because I actually think I would have been able to decipher who really liked me 
and who didn't a little easier through that. Yeah. But that's okay. We're, we're doing all right. Yeah, you're fine. Everything you're happens fine. for a you're reason, Ben. We're just fine. We're doing just we're doing fine. All right. um, yeah, I do so think, though, that your perfection comes from, like, your imperfections, right? Like, mm-hmm. the things the things that you really fall in love with aren't, like, the yeah. veneered teeth or the amazing hair. It's, like, the weird bad dad jokes that they tell or whatever. It's the things that are that make us a little bit different or the things you really fall in love with, not the... Because the beauty and all that stuff, that all fades, right? Totally. I, I cannot wait, and I hope to do this in my life, is to cultivate places where, and, I, and this really does become, like, did come from my insecurities, but where I can cultivate environments or just conversations that are completely authentic and genuine and open so that I can learn people's weirdness. I think one of my failures in life and my weaknesses is I'm not able to understand people's weirdnesses as well as I'd like to. So... That's maybe one reason why I put up a front, too, is because I'm afraid that when you start doing something that I don't understand, I'm not going to be able to process it. And instead of going like, <laughs> I love you through that, I'll just respond with like, you're just weird. Not that I'll hate you for being weird. I just don't understand you. Like, can't relate you. to it. And so that's one thing now. But I hope to be better at in the next couple years of my life to to start to become better at developing authentic relationships and places so that I can get to know people for who they really are and they can know me for who I really am so mm-hmm. that I really can see who loves me and who doesn't, who likes me and who doesn't. But that's taken years and that's really deep and we got deep again. We, uh, this yeah, see, is what we do with ben you though. Ben can't help himself. Okay, <laughs> have you taken the Enneagram test yet? No. I've begged you. I've I think begged. I have, but I don't know what I was. A nine? Is that a thing? That's yeah. what I am. You are not a nine. You're 100%. a hundred percent. Is it a nine a feeler? Peacemaker. Peacemaker. So the whole thing with the nine, which is so similar to what we've just talked about, is like, like I'm a nine through and through, and it's like you, you like don't want to be like you in your relationships. Like you want to keep it as less messy as you possibly can. Yeah. Because you know, like you don't want to like rock the boat or whatever, cause waves, because you just want everyone to get along, and you're like. You want people to like you and you just want it to all be okay. And then, but for me, it's like something I read in like, in, in like doing a lot of research about this is it's like sometimes in your relationships that prohibits you from somebody actually knowing you mm-hmm. because it's like, you're, you're acting like this like idea of how you think they want you to act. But yeah. in reality, they want to see the messy you because yeah. they can't relate to the perfect you, the surface level you where like you're saying the right things and doing the right things. But like most of the time people are attracted to the mess because everybody's messy, uh, you know, when it comes they right down it. to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, YFTers, I mean, there's a lot of sleep hacks out there. We were actually talking about noise machines earlier, but there's also like no snacking at night, yoga before bed, meditation. I try to do that. Instead of trying them all, you can immediately transform your sleep with Bowl and Branch. We're talking about the best-selling sheets ever. Incredible on night one and only get softer with every single wash. Brandy and I love Bowl and Branch sheets. I truly do. I just got home from being gone for like two weeks and there's just nothing better than getting in my own bed with my cozy, cozy bedding. And for me, that is my Bull and Branch sheets. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. They feel so buttery soft, but they're so breathable at the same time. And they're perfect for the summer months ahead where it's a bit toasty out. Plus, they offer a 30-night worry-free guarantee so you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. That's right. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code FAVORITE at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Promo code FAVORITE THING. 
Okay, so here's my question for you both. And why are we so attracted to celebrities? And why is celebrity... I think so the celebrity is fading, like how cool it was 20 I do too. years ago to be a celebrity and people like admired them. But why? Because we just saw their perfection. We didn't see their issues. Maybe not being able to relate was exactly what we were attracted to. Mm-hmm. So I'm a four on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Enneagrams are big. Like they're really he ha- popular He right has now. to take it. You got to take it. I'm a four, which which means at my best... He hates this I'm, conversation. Um, when I'm operating at my best, I enjoy authentic things. Like I enjoy moments where you're really happy or you're really sad and I enjoy being a part of those. So when I walk away, I feel like that moment actually mattered. So mm-hmm. I really desire like meaningful experiences. That's when I'm at my best. When I'm at my worst, and this is something that like I am going to hopefully be sharing with the world is when I'm at my worst, I feel like, and I don't, this isn't rare for me. And it was weird for me to take the test and read this because it was like, that makes complete sense. I feel like the kid doesn't get invited to the birthday party. So he walks past the house and he looks through the window while everybody else is inside celebrating and he knows he wasn't welcomed or asked to be there. I feel like that kid. That's when I'm at my worst or my most unhealthy. The Enneagram helped me realize that when I'm feeling that way, I'm not functioning at a healthy level. Like I'm not at my best. And I never realized that before. Okay, can we go back to the celeb thing? Yeah. Because I, Wells is like not talking at all. Here's the thing. Do you guys ever get that twitch in your eye? Yes. Yeah. Kind of like a month. It's a potassium um, insufficiency. Potassium? Potassium like a You need potassium. Potassium? Eat, banana, eat bananas. Potassium. Potassium? Potassium. Potassium. Yeah. Thank you. No, no. Yes, I love having been on this podcast. Well, I'm, I'm right. It's potassium. No, potassium. It's potassium. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go back to the celebrity. Thing. Okay, so I feel like the reason people get obsessed with celebrities is because it's like we've been brainwashed to think that this less than perfect self is not okay. And so you are attracted to the celebrity because it's like an escape from the reality of like how, how you feel. And it's like, well, if per- you know, if, if being imperfect is not okay, then being perfect like all these celebrities is what I am attracted to. And it's like you're brainwashed to think that. On Instagram, like Instagram versus reality thing is so popular right now. People post one photo of how perfect it looks and then the second photo you see like the wider scale of what they're actually doing and it looks ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I feel like people are getting getting more like on board with showing how real things really are. I think people are getting frustrated at this like perfect picture of how things are supposed to be. Well, okay. So just my thought on this whole thing, the irony of this is not lost on me, but I think that the celebrity sort of died when reality TV became a thing because it used to be a celebrity if you could do something that no one else could really do, if you can throw a ball 70 yards or you can run faster than anybody else or you can deliver lines like no one else, you can do all these things that no one else can do, Mm -hmm. then you get paid the most and you are idolized. Now there's a a bunch of people that are, for lack of a better term, glorified for not doing anything. You know, like the the Kim Kardashians of the world or they didn't really do any. I mean, yes, they started a store or whatever, but they're just known for being known. Yeah. And I think that's why it's it's falling falling out, because I used to want to be the quarterback of the 49ers. You know, like that's like Joe Montana was a celebrity to me, you know. And now when you look at you're like Chloe. Whatever I'm like, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't no, want to. I wouldn't want to be that. I wouldn't want to be followed around by paparazzi all the time. Like, like all of a sudden, like the sheen gets pulled off. Mm-hmm. You know, like that looks like that life sucks a little bit. Oh, yeah, you got to think about how really I've said this because I've gotten small tastes of it, yeah. right? And I, I cannot imagine being a ten year old. Like, think about the Justin Bieber's of the world. And this kind of goes back to like actually understanding people's oddness and weirdness. It's like, think about like Justin Bieber should be so messed up. 
At 10 years old, he, he is paparazzis following him, but he should be like even crazier. Like, how does he function in his world? He only knows a world where people follow him around. Like, I don't know. Most of my life hasn't been that world. My life today is not that world. Mm-hmm. My life was that world for six months. Yeah. Like, and it drove me up the wall. Like, I, I felt uncomfortable. I felt objectified. I felt confused. I, I couldn't, like, make a move without it being written about. And, like, I, you're right. Like, it's it, that life sucks. Like, nobody wants that. I kind of want to walk the fringe. Like, yeah. I want to be. Like, <laughs> Don't I, we all? Yeah, I wanna, Cake, eat it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I want to be known for something really good. I want to have a legacy that is impactful and meaningful and actually does something and is known. Like, I don't want to just die as somebody that was like, yeah, he was unknown. Like, he's just a good old kid from Warsaw, Indiana. Yeah. Like, I want to I want to do something. Mm-hmm. But then I don't want to. But I don't. But I want to stop it about like where it starts to become known. Like, I want but that's not how it works. It's not. So how do you balance it with uh, what? What's the saying? Um, with great power comes great responsibility. In a sense, it's like if you're gonna want that kind of platform, you have to. Is that Spider Man? Yes. (laughs) Great. Great. Love it. Uh, Comics. Great. No, but that's true. Like if you're gonna have this platform and and be and have make make this mark, you have to like deal with like the bad side of it too so maybe i'm willing to maybe that's why this whole thing like happens this way but it's just something to still study and i think it's the people that um are really in it that i have i'm getting a lot more respect for because i know how much it can put a toll on Mm -hmm. your life and how much it can take away from life but then also in retrospect how much it can add to life on like the the celebrity and how much it really opens you up to a world that you never would have had Mm -hmm. if i would have stayed in warsaw and worked at a bank as a Mm -hmm. teller yeah you know yep so bank huh I don't know. I thought about it. Did you? Yeah, yeah I've always been interested in, in like <laughs> finance. You want You know what I want to talk about? What? what? You know Yeti coolers? Yeah, love them. People em. love them. Not that great. You don't think? Nope. Well, they're, they're expensive. Hold on. Let me get to my point, and then we can go into why he... Have you noticed people driving around with Yeti stickers on the back of their car? Yeah. Oh, wow. How oh, do yeah. you love... Yetis that much that you're putting That's that awesome. like you. The only thing I know about this guy is he really loves things that are cold. What's the song about? That? It can buy me a boat, and it's like, and then and something something about a yeti. Yeah, it's insane. It's like in a song. I mean, what a brilliant marketing plan. Totally, but like the things that you put on the back of your car define who you are, right? I it's think like the any- little stick figure thing. This is my family, or like baby on board, or the school you went to. Something that defines you. How does a cooler define who you are? It's a, it's a lifestyle choice. Yeah. I really love cold beer. Yeah. Pull me over. I'm probably drunk. I think bumper <laughs> stickers are so tacky. I would agree with that too. Yeah, that's a good point though. Why would you wear a cooler <laughs> sticker? Sticker. But Insane. is it yet? Yeah, it is Yeti coolers that they're representing, right? Not like the beer, the Great Divide Yeti beer. No, it's the cooler brand. It's, it's cooler. the cooler or like the My cup. mom had one of the cups today. I, I love the cups. Don't get me wrong. I have a cooler in the back of my car. You do? Yes. But you're not willing to plaster it on your... No. Is there anything you would be willing to plaster on the bumper of your car, though? I've got three stickers on my car. Ooh. You have to remember what kind of car I have. Think about my... My mom my loves your car, by the way. We saw it when we pulled in. Yeah. It's cute, right? It's cute. It's this old, old car. It's this old, like, rustic Toyota four-wheeler. What you got on the back? One is a Ducks Unlimited sticker. Lame. Why is that? Because I love a duck hunt, and it's like a, such a duck hunting car. I know that about you. Yeah. He's an animal killer. I'm I duck hunt. I'm a bird. Do you? You guys. Yeah. 
you want to go this what year? What are those ducks yeah. do, what do you? you? Do? You want to go dove hunting September 1st? You mean I, out here? I hate this uh, conversation. On a happier note, I just yeah. got a B6 boarding pass. I could not be more thrilled. Can I just say, we haven't even. B6. Least favorite thing Southwest Airlines. Oh, I hate it. I freaking hate, hate it. The cattle call, man. It's awful. No, but thank you. I, have n- I refuse to pay the extra $15 for early bird check in. Like, I just refuse. And I never, ever get above B30. And I just did. Good for you, it's girl. It's a glorious day. Proud of you. It's it's so weird Bells that I mean, so. not really, but like Southwest Airlines. It, I was just at a conference last week, a leadership conference, and they were being praised on stage for being like innovative. I don't understand for being that. like customer friendly. Like Southwest Airlines has a loyal following. People love oh, them. Yeah. Like love them. So I mean, good for them, I guess. I just it's not my cup of tea. I just think it takes so much longer to not assign seats because people are like, like I do this. Like I walk down the aisle really slow, trying to eye the best mm-hmm. seat option. And if you just had an assigned seat, you would walk to your seat, put your stuff down, and get on the plane, and it wouldn't take as long. I also it just makes me feel. I don't like hating people around me, but it makes me hate everyone around me because I'm like, I know that you're you should be behind me, buddy. But you're cutting. No, I know you're, you're cutting. You. It's annoying. Yeah, you know? Like, I fly Southwest Airlines. You know what I do? What? I've got issues. <laughs> <laughs> I got I issues. I do have issues. I wait to be like, I prefer being the last one on the plane. What? Then you yeah. have to have a I middle too, seat. Because, well, time out. Because I'm concerned that I'm going to sit down and like row one, window, leave a ton of room of people, and nobody will ever sit by me. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, you want people to sit by you? Well, because I want them to feel like I'm a welcoming place. See, I am the opposite of this. Well, uh, I, I uh. just must be a magnet. I must just scream, hey, if you really should be taking up two seats, you should sit in the middle <laughs> seat beside me. I don't understand what it is. Like, I have headphones on. I look like I don't want to talk to you. I look like I would be a really annoying person to sit next to you. And these people just pick me. And there's rows in front of me, behind me, beside me, where the middle seat is open, and the one by me is not only taken, but it's a guy who literally is t- oh, taking, he like has the armrest up, which is such a no-no. Oh, no, no, The no. armrest is there for a reason. Every time I got up, That's he would barrier. put the armrest up, and he would be like halfway in my seat. Mm. And I'm like, why am I being penalized for being a smaller human? I paid for the seat. I should get the full seat. I agree with you. The armrest is, oh, the, is, the, is really the barrier. I've heated. never had anybody pull the armrest up. That's it you is haven't? so frustrating. It's I, terrible. Someone pulled and then it up on me. touching me the whole time, and I don't like to be touched, and I just hated it. Uh, someone recently pulled the armrest on me, on me, and I was like, Put it back down. Nope. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I need a barrier between me and you. I know. I don't know what's happening. Here, here's the thing though. I couldn't do it because his leg was in the middle oh. on my seat where the armrest goes. If I had put the armrest down, it would have hit his leg. Have you ever sat next to someone on a plane? This just happened to me. I have to think about it. You try to share the armrest, you fight over it, you do that whole thing. Well, so he and I found a good medium, happy medium, where like we were both kind of had our like, arm on the armrest. No, oh, yeah. but he had super hairy long arms, <laughs> or super hair like long hair on his arms, and I could feel when he would move or type on his computer, and his arm would shake a little bit. I could feel his hair. Oh tickle, no! Tickle my arm, and it was really grossing me out. But I, I, I wanted the armrest enough that I didn't move it. What is so great about the armrest? Because I don't care about the armrest. Oh what? I'm, I'm like not, I'd rather not be I'm, on I'm, it. I'm, I'm pretty big. And not be touched. Yeah, I, sure, need, I guess. Like I don't know where to put. I don't know what to do with my arms if I don't have it. Like I it hurts. Him, I like I the just... idea of this standoff that you had with this guy because you weren't giving up the armrest and he wasn't either. No. So it was like who can just like weird each other. And I'm sure he was like, my hairy arms are gonna make yeah. it weird out. <laughs> and then at one point we just stopped. Like once, at one point we found him. We're like, oh yeah, we did it. Like we we came to the happy place. Um, did you talk about it? No, we, I never. I don't talk to people on planes. 
You do, but you want to feel so welcoming. I just don't want to be the one guy that, like, I, I guess I'll take it very personally if I'm the one guy on the plane that never got sat by. Really? I would be you thrilled. You have such abandonment issues. You do. Why? You have a, you have a complex, Ben. Is it, do we call it abandonment issues? I don't think it's abandonment's the right word. Separation anxiety? No. We got to get down to the bottom. Do you, do you ever get people that write into your podcast? No, we don't. We don't allow that. Oh, that's <laughs> Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, if you can identify this, please. I just feel like you just like have this deep need to be liked. Yeah, why? I don't know why. It's funny. Your because parents you are love so the hell liked. out of you, so it's not yeah. an issue with your parents. Yeah, I don't know. Let me ask you something. Does it bug you that people tweet? It's the one thing that I see you respond to a lot. Is the you are boring thing? Oh yeah, definitely. And it drives I, me crazy. Yeah, and you you always reply to it. Yep. I'll fight it to the dead. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to like her, we had her dad on yesterday, and he had this saying, which is which one he had a million, the step and shit one. Oh, the more you stomp and shit, the more it stinks. Yeah, like so, oh. you're not letting this it a, go. This is a great example. Okay. I'm yes. so glad you brought this up. Yeah. So it's like when like the hate, like when haters like say stuff to you, like if you just leave it alone, then it goes away. But the more you bring it up, stomp in it, but here's whatever. A- then like fair enough. The worse it then, because like I would have never known somebody said that about you, and if you hadn't responded to it, because then yeah. I see it. And also, know? the perception of you is that you are the best bachelor ever. Like that's the thing. Yeah. But it's so funny because you only hear I was boring on an episode, like episode seven A. You're very self-deprecating. Yeah. Anyways, oh, I've got some stuff to work through. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go. I know that. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing, I'm doing <laughs> great. okay. It's I'm like, doing great. I guess the question is like, what can we do to help you get, like realize that you're not boring and that you're great? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think that's like been a lot of my friends like charged like motives the whole life when it comes to my friendship. And I like typically it doesn't affect me. Like like when we're hanging out with my buddies, like they're not around being like, "Hey, Ben, we love you." Like, well, no one. But I think it's like what it's like it's that's my thing. Like it's the it's like deeper than just not being liked, right? And I can't identify where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing that like kind of relates to this like unlovable like little thing. Is it's like am I actually like gonna find somebody that could be around me forever and be like you're it, like you're my guy. <laughs> you're and it. I'm gonna I'm gonna like I'm just gonna love you for you. And I think until that happens, this will always be a thing. It actually kind of got fixed for a little bit in my life. We don't have to go into details, but like when like I was in a happy like functioning relationship, like this wasn't a thing. Yeah. Like I was like, oh yeah, I've been proven wrong. Great. And then as soon as it's not a thing anymore, I want to go back to being like, no, I've been okay. right all along. Nobody likes me. Um. Do you think there's any truth though to the whole idea of like can't just expect? And I'm not saying someone else to fix you. Like that's mm-hmm. a bad way to say it. But like if you can't be okay alone. You can't be okay with somebody else. Like, do you think? I like, do you think like you need to learn how to be, f- how to not feel that even when you're not with somebody in order to have like a healthy relationship. It's it's interesting. I'm really good alone. I'm I'm an only child. I function very well alone. I'm alone often, and I enjoy it. And I don't get down on myself when I'm alone. Mm-hmm. It takes little triggers to like get me in a weird place, and they don't happen all the time. But like, there's, there's some triggers that okay. really get me in a weird place. And so, I mean, being a good friend, just hanging out, just. Doing life together is is really is really great, and it, that fixes me. Aw. Can can we talk about my house for a second? Yes. Yeah. He he desperately wants to change the well, subject. The, <laughs> well, no, the toilet paper part of my house was interesting to me. So I did make sure that there's a roll of toilet paper fresh. Roll. I was there a whole week, hold on, hold on. and Lena was basically there the whole time. You stayed at Ben's house. I did. He was kind enough to let me stay there for the week I was in Denver. Yeah. 
So sweet. Is he a clean man? His house was spotless. Honestly, I, I was very impressed. I can see that. It's very organized. Everything's in its place. Very yeah, clean. I try to. It makes me anxious when it's not. Yeah. I didn't feel I the same way. I can see you being kind of OCD about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. His like, bookshelf it's, ha- it's a small house, so like yeah. you can't have stuff out of place, or it just feels cluttered. So cluttered. Even the scary basement, like all your clothes are folded very neatly, and yeah. it seems like you have a what? system going. You keep talking about this basement being scary. What is scary well, First of all, you, you about decapitate yourself every time you walk downstairs and if i'm doing that ben has to be doing oh that. i hit my head often yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's a very low ceiling when going down but it's like dark it's a 1904 it's, house so the house is built in 1904 it's a bungalow old. it's super old the basement is six foot ceilings okay but it's where my closet is and so like i have oh all my, of my clothes and everything down there well the washing and dr- wash and dryers down there which is why i kept going down there but yeah it's, spot, it's like unfinished yeah. and i've just finished like half of it kind of like with walls and carpet to make my closet but what happened when lauren was living with me uh-huh. like she needs a lot more space than i do when it comes to clothes and so she had uh, a room upstairs and then the closet in our bedroom and i was like oh that's fine you don't she doesn't want to be going downstairs it's, it is kind of creepy every day so i'll just do it <laughs> yeah and so i just haven't moved it up because it's kind of it. nice to have my clothes away mm-hmm. so that's the creepy basement like old 1904 denver bungalow the creepiest part about it though is like the the cot it's like this, like cot in the basement. Cot, cot like a bed. Oh, like I'm my, calling it a cot futon? to be dramatic. Yeah. I sleep on that sometimes. That's see, that's the creepy part is it's like this cot that's like got like a sheet on it, but that's it, and it's just yeah. like mm, what, well, who sleeps down here? When in the summer, my house is in air conditioning, so it's hot upstairs. I, I'll sleep downstairs. It's insane. You don't have air conditioning? No. He has a window unit. Yeah, just a window unit. I gotta go see this thing. But that's common in Denver, which I didn't know. Do you own this place? Yeah. I have for five, yeah, five years. All right. So Brandy's staying there. Mm-hmm. She's having to go down to this weird dungeon. Yeah, I like washed all the towels and the sheets and all the things. She did great to get toilet paper. Yeah, that's where the toilet paper is, and all the cleaning supplies are down there too. Yeah, but I'm, Ben doesn't use toilet paper. I remember having this conversation on the last, last podcast. podcast. Yeah, so my brother's I, the same way. I'm great for the environment. Yeah, insane. You are. I, I help the environment as much as I can. I oh try. My goodness. Um, but. You used a whole roll. Had to go back down and get a second. Yeah. <laughs> what are you eating? Yeah. What are you eating? A lot of kale, a lot of spinach. Uh, I don't know. A lot of fiber. Yeah. I go at least twice a day, usually three times a day. Yeah. I'm very healthy. Really? Yeah. Is that, that's healthy? Yeah. You're supposed to go after every meal. Yeah. Look it up. That's like a dog does. Yeah. Do- dogs every are really ta- healthy. Every time I feed my dog, he's like, oh, I got to go take a shit now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Like if I can't shit twice a day at least i start to get so much anxiety <laughs> like i cannot handle it <laughs> i can't i love it when we get her talking i that. have to i ha- like it it gives me anxiety to think like it's all it's like all in there and like i just you yeah like to be cl- do you do cleanses no I'll have do you ever done a cleanse i don't really need yeah. to i don't know i always give up though yeah you give up i'm just not i just don't have a lot of dedication in my life for this the cleanse yeah because what what will happen is, is that like i'll try to do the cleanse and then i'll be like i need a drink What's the and um? Then, it's all, then it's all bets are off once I have a drink. One because th- that's not part of the cleanse, and then two I'll get drunk and be like tacos. Well, was, well <laughs> you know what I love? What is if you would cleanse and drink at the same time? Oh my God, <laughs> that's what Which my would be no purpose. Be. <laughs> What's the colon thing they do where they clean out your colon? Oh, I do want to do that. My sister used to do that all the time. Really? What's where it called? You take like uh, well, there's, laxatives. There, there's black coffee enemas. You heard about that? Nope, never heard of it. Generous is all. Generous, about. I was about to say. <laughs> that is a list for generous. Yeah. So yeah, you you basically just plunge a bunch of freaking black, black coffee? coffee into your butt. That's and insane. And then it just makes you just 
freaking void your bowels like crazy. Can we try it. We, oh my god. So do you guys want to know about it? You actually would really appreciate this or like this. So one of my best friends, he's usually good friends with a guy named Ed Clay, who started a hospital in outside of Tijuana and his thing is he wants to cure cancer and so they have like really advanced like cancer treatments down there because obviously regulations in mexico are a little bit more lax than mm-hmm. they are here in the states so my buddy who his affiliation is, is that like uh he brings musicians there and all the national musicians go and they play for all these like terminally ill patients mm-hmm. And one of their big things is juice cleanses and black coffee enemas. No. And people are curing cancer down there with this. It's a, like I always host the benefit every year because I need more money or whatever. So they'll have these people come who are like, I was stage seven, whatever. What? Doctor gave me three weeks to live. I went down there cancer-free for the last year. And it's like all the crazy stuff they're doing down there and then like shooting coffee or butt. So my buddy went oh, down there dude, and they filmed it. Gonna- yeah. Who would have thought? They filmed it, him doing it. No way. And he didn't make it to the toilet. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I could see it. I and mean, you also have to have someone do it for you. So it's no! like one of my. It was. It's like Borne, and oh like it's like Borne and Paul, and Paul no. is like, or maybe JP, like trying to you shove it up kidding. his butt, and he's like, I don't think it's in there again. He's like, it's in there. He's like, I don't think it's in there. <laughs> oh my god, I want to see this. Oh, and then like, amazing. And then they do the enema, and he's like, I think I gotta go. I think I gotta go. It doesn't make. <laughs> Well, this is the thing. <laughs> so are you guys going to do each other's? I don't know. I, mean, I would definitely no, I'm do it for Yeah, you would? Oh, 100. I would not feel weird about it at all. <laughs> That's true. You don't even need their yeah, yeah. True I would, friendship. I 100%. If Wells was like, hey, stick some coffee in my butt, I would say. <laughs> like, I volunteer as tribute. Yeah, I'd, like, I'd do it in a second. Here's, okay, so I asked my do- my buddy who's a doctor. Mm-hmm. I was talking about juicing, and I said, like, what's the benefits? And he looked at me, and he's like, he's a really funny guy, and he's like, but he was really serious. He's like, if I ever was diagnosed with a terminal illness or super sick, I would go completely to a juice diet. Yeah. Like, fresh, squeezed, like, vegetable juice diet. Because it's, it's like, you'll get everything you need to function, like, to help heal, heal your body. So mm-hmm. I get that. The, the coffee stuff, never heard of. Mm-hmm. But. I'm getting ready to, to like, I, I, will, I really want to get healthy. And I am healthy, but I really want to get really healthy. I'm at a good stage in my life. I feel good. Yeah. I'm getting ready to do a liver cleanse. Ooh. Oh, what is that? It's crazy. You soak these herbs in vodka. And then I you take. I love it. I'm in. Oh, my gosh. What? And you take a shot because the alcohol goes directly to your liver. And if you just did it in water, your liver would never process it. And so you do it in vodka and you take these, like, shots of it, like, twice a day or three times a day. And it cleanses out your liver. And you can actually see your liver, like, like regrow itself. That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's x-rays or something. Well, like, I I think they do it through like pictures of people like they, they, after surgery or people have been diagnosed with like liver failure can help like regenerate their liver and stuff like that. So kind of crazy, but I'm kind of getting into this stuff. I think I'm going to get really weird. So like you you all know, like (laughs) I, I firmly believe in Jesus. Yeah. And so like my relationship with Jesus is, is great, but I think it could be better. And I don't mean that in some like weird Christian term. Like, I think if there if there is a God who actually is relational to me, like he actually wants to have a relationship with me in communication. And then you see all these monks and these like Franciscan priests who like meditate and like isolate themselves and they come back with this like 
such confidence and like clarity when it and they're not like hateful and they're not like vengeful they don't have this weird idea of jesus where they're like standing on the corner of, of the street preaching like some fire and brimstone though they're like very peaceful and they're just like hey you do your thing we're gonna do ours we yeah. love jesus all that and i'm like i kind of want to be them or at least want to tap into that so i think i might try this like i've been i've been thinking about this a lot like this weird like like meditation like month where I'll like isolate myself and do like a juice cleanse and just like kind of become like a little monkish. A little monk. So, Is that weird? No. So no? one of my best friends, Mr. Steve, Steve Lee, Mr. Steve the Music Man. Yep. He's a like kid singer in Nashville, and he's like one of the funniest, coolest dudes you'll yeah. ever come across. And he went. I think he did it twice. Their meditation retreats. Yeah. Where you go for like a week, and you are not allowed to talk. That'd be so You're hard not for let, me. You know, shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. And just like go and do your thing and like they'll kick you out if you start talking if you look at tv or any of this stuff and he came back and he was like i'm completely transformed after it so there's a there's it exists you can go do it yeah i'm kind of into it like i just i just think we don't allow ourselves that time and i think it's really important and i think it's really like super important for me in my relationship with a mystic being Mm -hmm. like that seems to be the way to tap into i don't know many other ways if I yeah. don't like take time to actually get a little mystical, so mm-hmm. so you start meditating. Yeah, you're gonna do this vodka thing. Vodka cleanse. I'm gonna get weird for a while. I'm, t- I'm getting ready to turn thirty. Yeah, I'm in a transition phase of my life. I don't know how I feel yet about it, mm-hmm. but I'm doing it. Yeah, going in full steam. I'm well, well we're we're here for you on the dark side of thirty. We'll support you. How does yeah. that go? Do you still feel like a kid ever? I I don't want to lose feeling like a kid a little bit. I I mean I definitely don't feel like I'm 31. Okay. At all. I don't feel like I'm 34. Yeah, I just like, I, and I don't know if I ever will really feel like an adult the way I should. I don't know. I feel good. I am still as athletic as I ever was. I feel like. Which was not very. No, I go run. You know, I go run. I can run four miles without a problem. He was like talking to my dad about how he used to play baseball. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, I played rugby yeah. in college. That's such was, a bro frat boy sport. You so would have. I was all SEC. I was good. Well, you know Are you what? Pretty fast. I was really fast. I can see being like I was like a four four guy. Yeah, he's real small. You know, there's not a whole lot of wind resistance, so probably she pretty can't fast. Handle that you were good, and I was good at anything ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> can't handle it. And like her mom's been here and, and just showering me with compliments. Uh, she hates it. This, hates this it. is what Tish does with boys. Like this is why I told you, Brazen's her favorite. <laughs> She loves the boys in her life. Well, I think I love you guys should on this podcast race. Oh. I just think you should do a track race. Wells would absolutely win. Destroyer. I'm the worst runner ever. I'll, 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 let's do this. Yeah. I'll run backwards for how long? Let's do a hundred yard dash. How long, far is that? A hundred yards. Like, no, but like, I like, like I don't know how. Okay. <laughs> I hate that's, you both. That's amazing. <laughs> like, is that like a quarter of a mile? Like, can you put it in the like terms uh, I know? So Football field. Oh, that's pretty far. Okay, you want to do forty yard dash? No, I'm down with the hundred. Okay. <laughs> Okay, all that's all I wanted was a football I've done, field. I've done the, I do the same thing often. Don't, that's just one of those funny moments. Where you're like, of course it's hundred, but you just ask it, and you're like, wait, that was really tough. I wanted a picture of what it looked like, Ben. Uh, yesterday, I was talking to somebody. I was like, ah, I'm not that smart, and they're like, I think you're smart. I'm like, ah, maybe. I was like, well, I was like, I think I'm smart. I'm just not the. And I said something tool in the in the shed like this the smartest tool in the shed the, the smartest i said the sharpest? smartest i said the you smartest the tool in the shed yeah. and they go well 
It's actually sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. Okay, but I feel like like the there's this the whole thing of like you're either book smart or you're street smart kind of thing. Yeah. Like I'm definitely more book smart, I feel, than street smart. I feel like I'm more street smart. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. I'm definitely more street smart. Yeah. You should see me take a test. You see, see I was a straight A. I get very anxious. And a like I my student. I get like five questions in and all of a sudden I find myself like wandering. Thinking my, about something else. Yeah, for ten <laughs> minutes. That's called A D D. Yeah, I, I struggle <laughs> bad. Yeah. <laughs> never got diagnosed. Really? I was really, really heavy. I was medicated my entire life. And you don't take anything anymore? Hate it. Really? Hate Ritalin. Hate it. Well, Ritalin's like same thing. A whole thing. I was doing it. I was my doing brother, it before Adderall existed. It. Well, that's my brother Trace took Ritalin our never, entire childhood. Have I never told you the story about how it would just subdue me, and then I had to take it in the morning, and then in like right after lunch, and, mm-hmm. and so my mom would administer the morning one, mm-hmm. and then in high school I would be like having to take it myself, and my friends would steal it out of my bag. Is it still Ritalin then in yeah, high school? Yeah, it's Ritalin. They would steal it out of my bag, so I wouldn't take my Ritalin, and I'd and be then like, and I'd no. freak out in English class, and really? the, the teacher would be like, "Who stole Wells' Ritalin?" No way. Yeah, I was like super hyperactive. Oh my gosh, Trace was the same way. But you're better now. You like grew out of it. I just I was able to focus it, mm-hmm. like focus my energy on the thing that I want to do, which is like yell into a microphone. And right. Oh, and you're so good at it. So good at it. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Do you guys want to go eat some tacos? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. New favorite thing right now is this Quip toothbrush. Who doesn't love clean teeth? Uh, yeah, exactly. But I, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Everybody loves clean teeth. I know it's such a dork, though. Like, I like the look of the toothbrush. You do? Yeah. It's electric toothbrush, mm-hmm. but it's like the size of a normal toothbrush, and it's right. like metallic looking. Ooh. It's kind of dope. Like futuristic looking, yes. if you will. It's like, if I were living in the future, this is what my toothbrush would look like. It's incredible. And also, because it's slim, small, and compact, it's easy to travel with, which yes. is great, because we both like our on the go all the time. The Quip toothbrush starts at just 25 bucks, and if you go to getquip.com slash YFT, which is for your favorite thing right now, you'll get uh, your first refill pack free with a Quip electronic toothbrush. Yeah, one of the coolest things about it, actually, is that they have these subscription plans, and they deliver new brush heads to your door every three months. It's just $5, including free shipping when you do that, and so you don't ever have to get a new toothbrush. They just supply you with clean brush heads. How have, cool. you ever, have you ever dated somebody that, like, you could tell they hadn't changed out their toothbrush in quite some time. Yeah, it's disgusting. And it's like all the bristles are like, Ew. like well, ah! the colors fade when yes. you're supposed to change it. And like whenever I see somebody with a faded toothbrush head, I judge them hard. Exactly. Avoid relationship issues regarding toothbrushes. Get this brush. They'll send you new ones and you won't Get look quip. like a freak. <laughs> Uh, your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash YFT. It's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Y-F-T. Guys, I'm really excited because I've been wanting to have my friend Jamie Torkowski on the podcast for a long time, and he's finally here. I'm here. This is the perks of recording in LA is people are actually around that you want to podcast with. Torkowski? Torkowski. Torkowski. Great Tor- last name. Favorite new last name. <laughs> <laughs> Can you spell I like it? it? Probably T W O R K O W S K I. Perfect. Yes. Whoa. I'm such a visual person that if I, re- I I like to write things out, I can spell things better. But like I was never good at spelling bees because without seeing it, as I'd say it, it was hard for me to do it. But I Wells is an easier one to spell for sure. Yeah, yeah his, his last name is Adams. It's kind of pretty easy. 
Wells Adams Torkowski. It's good. Cyrus. Cyrus. Here we are. How long have you known him? A long time. Do we know exactly how long? I feel like early, early in the to write love on her arms journey. Like uh, when? What year did you launch to write love? Two thousand six. Okay, so I'm gonna say like two thousand seven ish is when we met. I would then. agree with that. Yeah, crazy. Launched what? To write love on her arms. We'll let Jamie tell it since it's his little baby. Yeah. So we met through the organization that I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was born from a story that I wrote in 2006 and more importantly an attempt to help a friend who was dealing with the issues that we now speak to as an organization. So my friend Renee, who I met back in Orlando in 2006, was dealing with depression, addiction, self-injury, had attempted suicide, was denied entry into a local treatment center. And I wrote a story about spending five days with her and getting to know her. And then we started to sell t-shirts as a way to pay for her treatment. And essentially the story took on a life of its own and the t-shirts kind of did the same thing. And we realized we could have this conversation on a bigger scale and we could do more than help one person and we've been at it ever since 12 years it's a long time was it a story like in a magazine or in on the web like where did it live yeah so at first it lived on myspace Mm -hmm. really yeah wow i miss myspace i think technically it still exists probably does yeah quiet i hope my profile doesn't still exist good lord i looked it's mine's off now i had teal highlights Mm. in my dark black Ashley Simpson hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. did. So I made a MySpace page and posted the story as a blog, and yeah. it grew from there. And 2006 was really the moment of MySpace becoming mm-hmm. mainstream, like part of everyday life. It went out, there was a magazine called Relevant that sent it out as an email blast. So that helped as well. And then some friends in bands started to wear the T-shirt, and that was how it got out in front of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the thing I love about the organization is you've always been so closely tied with music and artists and so like one of my best friends growing up was Haley Williams from Paramore and she was rocking the shirts when we met like that's how we met actually I feel like and also the guys in Anne Berlin as well but I just love it even to this day I feel like you're you're so tethered with mu- with musicians and artists and using them to help tell the story and I think that's so cool like with heavy and light you're still doing do you still do the heavy yeah. and light stuff yeah that's you so played dope. heavy and light I did play one of the heavy and lights in LA San Diego? Anaheim. Anaheim. Split the difference. Anaheim. Split the difference, yeah. I was honored to play it since um, I've been, you know, around since yeah. the beginning with you guys. But that's the coolest thing about it to me is using, also using like music and these artists with stories to help like get this message out. It's so cool. I think music tells us it's okay to feel things. It's okay to be honest. You think about going to a show and singing along with with lyrics that you believe in, I I think a lot of times there's things we can sing that we're not sure if we can say them Mm -hmm. in conversation. And so we feel like beyond the marketing aspect, there's a lot of common ground with, hey, what does it look like to be honest and to be open about your struggles? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting idea of that it it is, it's so true. Like we're okay singing lyrics about how we feel about certain things, but then to say them out loud to somebody in conversation is a whole nother thing. That's so interesting. Well, and the musician is a perfect mouthpiece for talking about that. One, because musicians are known for being the tortured soul or the people that are dealing with those things. And they're also the strong, they have the strength to say the thing that no one else will say. Mm -hmm. And then in fact, do it in front of hundreds of thousands of people or whatever. And when you see someone that has courage doing the thing that you can't do in front of all those people, I think it also like uplifts them to be like, I I can say this or I can sing along to it, you know? Totally. I love that. That's good. I had a thought about something you said. Oh. Because you were saying things we can sing that are harder to say. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think this, the song doesn't talk back. It doesn't follow up. It, it, right. it doesn't say, wow, what are you going to do with that? Or 
are you going to go see a counselor? Whereas if we say that to a friend over a meal or coffee, there's a vulnerability in that because then it's out there and we give that person the chance to respond. Right. Totally. Kind of explain more of the nuts and bolts of the organization because now I understand the genesis of the story and yours as well, but I want to understand the organization a little bit better. Sure. So the primary thing we do is communicate. We've learned that most people who need help don't get the help they need, sort of for the reasons we're talking about, where so many people struggle, but so many people live with secrets. These are things we keep hidden, keep quiet. So we've learned that even two out of three people who struggle with depression don't get help for it. So it's not as simple as just funding treatment if most people aren't getting the help they need. So kind of our sweet spot and focus is trying to change that number, trying to move people to ask for the help they need, or even short of professional help to be honest with a support system, to be honest with people around them. So we got our start on social media and so much of what we continue to do continues to happen on social media. We joke that MySpace has slowed down, (laughs) uh, but it's you know, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, everywhere else. We get emails from all over the world. We've heard from people in more than 100 different countries now, uh, post blogs, post stories, post information, do our best to connect people to local resources as well as national hotlines. A lot of that happens within the U.S., but also do our best to be aware of what's happening outside of this country. So the primary thing is communication, but then there are moments, like right now we're in the middle of our World Suicide Prevention Day campaign, and we're trying to raise $100,000, and all of that money will go to provide counseling scholarships. So that's a moment, or this is a moment, where it's about trying to help people get the help that they need. So, And then, you know, practically speaking, we do a lot online, but we hit the road for a lot of face-to-face events. We've been a part of the Warp Tour for the last 10 summers. I get a lot of chances to speak at colleges. So many surprising doors have opened. I mean, even being friends with Brandy, just so many things that we never would have written on a whiteboard or orchestrated that just relationally doors that have opened that have allowed us to bring this conversation to so many different groups of people. Mm-hmm. Well, even like even the movie being made and you writing the book and everything. I mean, it's crazy to think about where you started and, and how much it's grown. Totally. It's wild. So cool. Okay, so you keep talking about like the social media. That's like where people are talking to you. What is the app mentioned? Where do we need to go to? Yeah, it's connect? just it's just the acronym for the organization. So it's at T W L O H A. Sounds like Twaloha, which okay. stands for <laughs> to write love on her arms. And then the website is Twaloha dot com. Okay, Twaloha sounds it's, Hawaiian. Yeah, it does. It's like almost like the Kuna Matata thing. I know. So when is World Suicide Prevention Day this year? September 10th. Yeah. And it falls within National Suicide Prevention Week okay. in America. Awesome. Cool. Do you think that, I mean, I'm sure there's numbers to support it. Are, is suicide numbers on the rise or on the decline? Yeah, it, it is on the rise. There are numbers. There's research. There was a big New York Times article that came out around a year ago that talked about suicide being at a 30-year high in the U.S. Um, and then within different demographics, I believe it was 10 to 17 was was one that had spiked up quite a bit. Uh, so there's actually in kind of the landing page for this campaign, we, we focus on a bunch of different numbers, everything from worldwide, knowing that 800,000 people are lost every year to suicide, to even breaking that down to you know, the LGBT community and um, different age groups. So yeah, there's a lot of urgency around it because it seems to be something that is not getting better. I'm sure there's no right answer to this, but you're a guy that's obviously working with it a lot. Do you have 
a theory as to why things are not getting better? I think from what I've read, it's not one reason, but it's it's a a lot of different reasons. I mean, stress, anxiety, finances, obviously even those three things can overlap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look around at the headlines every day and, and it's like, are we going to go to war? Oh, climate change. Like there's so much fear and anxiety from people everywhere. No matter how well your individual life or career might be going, uh, we live in a day where there's a lot of stress and a, just a lot of pain. And those are maybe the short list of, of just you know, stress, obviously relationships, breakups are nothing new, but, but we see oftentimes when it comes to depression or specifically suicide, just these, these really painful life moments. And I think now, especially with technology, we live in a world where these things don't turn off. So whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're struggling with, if we're not careful, we live with it all day, every day. You, you said that 10 to 17 is like uh, where the big spike is, is coming from. And that's obviously a very transitional moment in a child's life. And then now with, with these phones that we've got where anyone can be so mean to people on sure. Facebook or whatever, it's just terrifying because... I look at like my comments and I am a very confident person and also knock on wood pretty much like universally liked but there's still a lot of mean things that are said about me Mm -hmm. and it's crippling as a 34 year old man who's like totally fine with like who he is and like the man he's grown up to be I can't imagine what that must be like for kids and I don't know like one of the reasons why we started this podcast is because we wanted to have fun and like having a reason like chit chat but one of the big things was like there's so much negativity out in the world and we we just wanted to talk about like what our what we liked because mm-hmm. no one's talking about positive things, you know? Having you on bringing a light to how, I don't know, fucked up everything is. Yeah. Just, I want to remind everyone, please, like, be cool to one another. I know. Because I don't think people really realize how cutting and how sharp their words can be. Well, that's what's so crazy is, like, I, it's like, when did it become so okay for people to be so mean to each other? It's because they're not in front of the that person. That is, I think that, I swear, it's like, I, I hate to be the person that's like, technology is to blame, but, like, I really do feel like so much of it stems from that, and people, but, like, e- even so, like, and I know, like, it's not my generation, but, like, I just can't un- understand, like, I, I won't even go and leave a bad Yelp review because I don't yeah. like to be that person, you know what I mean? So I just can't imagine even with no one knowing who it, that it, who it, that it's me saying it just like saying such mean things to people like it just blows my mind. Oh, I'm sure the people that have said the meanest things to me on social media have also been the same people that come up to me and like, "Oh my god, I love you, oh, love so, you so much." much. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I think that just people just forget that Yeah. those things and and like it's so funny we just had Ben on and he was the bachelor. You met Ben at Tiffany's yeah, wedding. Yeah. yeah. Let's be fair, like he was considered, he is considered is. the best, the greatest bachelor ever. People yeah. like just loved him. But yeah. like his one complaint was that he was boring. And it's not that he's boring. <laughs> his it's one like, complaint. Like one person yeah, said it yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. like but taking it to Every heart. time someone tweets to him, he always responds to it. Yeah. It's the thing that gets him. And it's so funny because it's like, Ben, dude, everyone loves you. Yeah. Like literally everyone loves you. Yeah. But it's like this, and it's some no name, anonymous, hiding behind a computer screen mm-hmm. that gets, and Ben, who is like, is universally loved, yeah. that is messing with him. Yeah. yeah. And well, people don't realize. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I feel like the people, like I always said, like the prettiest girls are the most insecure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like for instance, she wouldn't care that I'm saying it. My mom, 
She's drop dead gorgeous. Like, like it's like a running joke that oh, like yeah. everybody just loves her, and Smoke she is show. so insecure. Like she, I went shopping with her yesterday, and she'd put something on. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, you look so much better in that one. You look great in that. And she's like, I think I have body dysmorphia because I look in the mirror, and I think I look terrible in that. Like it's just so crazy that I don't know the people that you think have it the most together, and you you would think are the most confident are really the ones that have you know the the most like insecurities. It's yeah. just so wild. It's like where does it come from? How did this happen? Did you watch Thirteen Reasons Why? Yes. I have not seen it. You need to see I it. I need to watch it's it. It's phenomenal, but I would I know that a lot of the um, criticism about it was that it almost glorified mm. suicide. And I liked it because it made me think, and I thought it was like really well done. But I would love to hear what your opinion about it was. Sure. I wrote a blog in response to the first season. It was something that got a lot of attention and traffic for us. So my best answer is the blog. But I think we we and I wanted to be careful because it's one show that got so many different reactions. So some people had a positive experience with the show. It moved them. It reminded them they weren't alone. Maybe it introduced them to these issues. It made them think. For other people, it was really triggering. It was really dark. Uh, they had a painful experience or they had to stop watching. And I think we wanted to be sensitive to people on both sides and, and in between and I think just just tried to tried to say that that I felt like I had some issues, and maybe as an organization, we felt like there were things they could have done better. It definitely could be a triggering show and was a triggering or is a triggering show for some people who struggle, uh, but that doesn't mean that no good can come from it. you know, so I think it's it's nuanced and it's complex. I do feel like because I watched both seasons, I feel like they heard and hopefully responded to some of the feedback and even criticism of season one. So yeah, so I had issues with it but I think it's it's out there and people watched it it, it does seem like it, the second season wasn't the phenomenon of that the first season was yeah uh, you know, specifically the suicide scene, I think, was really painful and really over the top. There are people much smarter than me who have been doing this work for longer who have come up with guidelines for how they believe suicide should be presented. Mm -hmm. It seems like ignored some of those guidelines. And then in the second season, it wasn't as dramatic, but I felt like the main character sort of becomes this ghost that hangs around. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it sort of subconsciously just presents a dangerous message that when you die by suicide, you don't really go away. Mm. You can still stick around with your loved ones. And, and she almost sticks around to like solve the mystery of her death. Mm. And it just felt really dangerous. I and and I think even in the, in the second season, she's more of a ghost. But in the first season, there's also this element of her trying to get the last word and, and almost this revenge. And almost you, you see that when she dies by suicide, she has this power by, by making these tapes. And so I think there are some dangerous ideas that are presented in that. It doesn't mean nothing good can come from it. I'm, I'm thankful that it got people talking about mental health, about, about suicide specifically. It was definitely wild to see what a phenomenon it was. Yeah. If people are listening to this that are struggling with depression and mental health, um, what is the first thing you would like to tell them? I think the first thing would be to let people know that they're not alone. So often when we struggle, uh, we want to isolate and we feel like we're the only one who feels this way or has these thoughts. We're the only one who is stuck or is heartbroken or can't let go of something. So it feels important to start there and then to just encourage people to talk to someone and 
a lot of times that starts with hopefully a friend or a family member. But I think the thing we get the most excited about is professional help. I'm someone who struggles with depression and I see a counselor. And my counselor can help me in ways that my friends and family can't because my counselor is trained and experienced and qualified to lead me through this stuff in the same way that if I broke my leg, I'd go to the hospital because they fix broken legs. And if your car is giving you trouble, you go to a mechanic. And just the simple idea that what if we approached mental health that way? So to know that it's okay to put a hand up and say, I need help. And there are people in places all across the country and beyond that want to have those conversations and that really can provide that help. One of the reasons I was excited to have you on today is because I'd already planned on talking about Kevin Love. We You brought this up earlier, but yeah. he came out and wrote this whole article and came out and was very honest about his struggles and the fact that he's seeing getting help and seeing a therapist. And um, I just think it's it's one of those things where it goes back to bullying celebs on Instagram or whatever you think these people are untouchable right and and it's like oh somebody like Kevin Love who's got it all isn't going to be hurt by the things I say or whatever you know what I mean but I was just so impressed with him um, for stepping up and being you know one of the first NBA players to really like be be open and honest about stuff like that and it's been so cool to see that that also and damar came out and said something and now everyone's kind of rallying and saying like i think blake griffin was yesterday was he really i haven't seen that yet but it's just so crazy to think like you know you see this guy on television or whatever he plays for the best team one of the best teams in the league and it was so easy for people to blame him for uh, for their loss or for whatever like you know lebron is untouchable and Kyrie's so beloved but then to you know be able to throw kevin under the bus and say like well it's his fault and to think like, you can say that about somebody and that he's not going to hear it. oh he doesn't watch tv like he doesn't hear it he's not going to re- read the reviews kind of thing but he did and he does and like i think for somebody like him to step up and say like that affects me is like a really bold statement and a big move and like I don't know like I've already such a fan of him but I was, it was just so cool to see him say that you should read his Players Tribune article it's really good I think it's cool I think everyone needs a superhero right mm-hmm. like and I think that mental health and depression that's a thing that there's no superhero for that right like that's n- never was written in like Wolverine doesn't <laughs> yeah you know, he does good point yeah. he's not depressed or whatever so I think it's really cool that someone like Kevin Love who is like a real-life superhero you mm-hmm. know gets to like put on that cape yeah for a bunch of people dude we gotta I guess if you really unpacked it I wonder if people would have some theories about about that you're right like, was Batman depressed or, you know like, well, like Batman's the superhero for rich kids yeah. Like don't like you can still be pretty cool <laughs> if you're rich. That's Spider-Man so was a superhero for like skinny dudes. Yeah, like nerds. Nerd, like <laughs> yeah. total nerds, right? <laughs> the science geek turns yeah. into a superhero. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, I just yeah, I think like the more um people talk about put it out in the open that like this is not okay what we say about each other and how we treat each other and how easy it is for us to like say mean things to people we don't even know I think the more it's talked about the closer we're gonna get to like overcoming it you know what I mean how does that stuff affect you I feel like I have a front row seat to all of it you know what I mean like I'm not necessarily the target of a lot of it but I see it happen to people I'm so close to I've seen it my whole life and so especially for both of my sisters I think especially Noah because she's so young I've seen firsthand how like just even like one comment on it's out of her 500 on instagram can like cut her to the core you know what i mean it's mind-blowing to think people like that don't even know her can say the things they say to her like you know you're the ugly cyrus or you'll never be your sister it's like who are you to say that 
yeah. to a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it got to a point where she just turned her comments off, which I was really proud of her for because she knew it was affecting her. I don't read my comments. Like the, if I see one negative one, I stop reading them because I'm like, nope, I don't need that. And I feel like I've been really good about drawing boundaries. But I think like for the younger generation that's never known what it's like to not have that, like the, you don't know how to draw the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I just dodged the bullet of like growing up in all of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like you probably, we all probably feel that way. Yeah, I definitely didn't grow up in that. Yeah. And just think about it. Like it's different for us because if we post a picture, there will be like 200 comments or whatever. And it's some of that stuff gets lost. But mm. just a kid, I don't know why I keep focusing on Instagram, but it's it's where I see the most bullets. Yeah. Or in Twitter. But if a kid, a kid that's got, you know, 300 friends or whatever, there's four comments and two of them are mean. That's mm-hmm. they're gonna Can you imagine it. if yeah. that was your ratio of a picture you posted? Yeah. 50% was being was an asshole to you? Mm-hmm. It would be crushing, you know? Yeah. I think that people just forget about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, tell everyone where, um, if they want to reach out and, and check out uh, your organization, where they go. Yeah, come to our website. It's com. T-W-L-O-H-A on Instagram and Twitter. Doing a bunch of events on the road next month. Cool. Doing some club shows in the Southeast and then some college dates in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an online piece. We'd love for people to get invited in the or involved in the World Suicide Prevention Day campaign. And then uh, we'd love to see people on the road as well. Very cool. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Nice. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.